Okay, welcome to a special episode of the CXM Experience. And as always, I am your host, Greg Kahn, CXO, Chief Experience Officer at Sprinkler. And today I am joined by Paul Herman, Vice President of Product Marketing at Sprinkler. And uh, Paul is um, uh, a longtime uh, colleague and a uh, peer of mine. Uh, Paul and I were both early, early customers of Sprinkler. Um, fondly recall days of jumping on the train and going down to Portland and seeing what they were doing at Nike. So uh, I quote Paul all the time. And Paul is uh, one of my favorite people. So I'm really excited. Paul's one of my first internal Sprinkler guests. So really glad to have him on. And uh, Paul, you're the third show of 2021, the the year that everyone was looking forward to, and everyone's already regretting. It must be uh, must be hard to be 2021. You know, expectations were were so high, they were so high, probably unrealistically high. But how are you doing? And how was your uh, how was your break? Break was lovely. Thank you so much for having me on the, on on the program. Uh, it's exciting to be here and to talk about this topic. Uh, the break was good. You know, I kind of went down to the Oregon coast to experience some horizontal rain. Nice. Um, and so that was a, that was a fun time. Um, but yeah, so 2021 uh, started off much like 2020 ended, um, but a lot <laughs> of hopes for the for what's going on and what's uh, what's going to happen in the future. Well, there's always 2022, right? I mean, yeah. you know, at some point. Um, anyway, I am. I wanted to talk today about something that comes up all the time. In fact, I was just on a call this morning with one of our customers, a very, very large global packaged goods company, uh, who's, I think I must use every single one of their products, um, but not some of the products I've used, but I'm not in the use zone on them right now, but certainly been an amazing experience with them. And uh, they're right in the midst of digital transformation. It was a really, and it was a really interesting conversation. Um, I actually was quoting you liberally. Uh, and crediting you, by the way, Paul. So just so you know, I was uh, quoting and crediting you. Uh, but they're they're at a, a stage where I feel like maybe you and I were a couple of years ago, uh, or maybe even four or five years ago. I think it was maybe easier for the tech firms and 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 Nike. I know Nike's you know, an apparel company, but also feels like a tech company in some ways. And I'll let you talk about that. But um, the, a lot of the companies are really just starting to get on board with the digital transformation. And I think one, you know, DT is for me a really fascinating topic because I remember about 2010 when I was at Microsoft, what digital transformation meant was really switching from analog to digital. Like, and it seems this almost seems ridiculous now in retrospect, but like the big thing in 2010 at Microsoft is that we weren't going to use paper anymore. Um, they took away the copiers. Um, Steve Ballmer sort of famously went to OneNote on everything, and we were now digital. Um, a little, I mean, we were, it was really just paper in digital form, but it was, you know, it took a long time to really get to true digital, but that was sort of a necessary first step, which, you know, a lot of companies aren't there yet. Then there's this sort of second wave of, of disruption, which is how do you start thinking about things in real time? And how do you look at things on a, on a going basis? And that's very different from the motions that have been set up in most companies, which are kind of quarterly motions. And I think the third wave that's coming along now is that when you can look at things in real time, you can also talk to your customers in real time. And you can look at what your customers are doing in real time. And that's a whole other sort of mindset shift around customer-first transformation. 
And uh, so I want to just like jam on this sort of topic with you a bit. You're out there a lot. You see a lot of this going on. Um, I'd love to kind of get what your impressions are from different different groups and different companies. And then underpinning all of this and underpinning what I think is making DT realistic now is that AI is getting sophisticated enough that the machines are able to actually get in there and do the work um, that required human intervention before. So, so that's kind of our topic for today. Um, we'll kind of do this for 10 minutes or so, you know, and just kind of go back and forth. Um, love to hear your thoughts and, uh, let me know, let me know where you want to start on this one. Yeah, I think it's, uh, you know, really, really, uh, fascinating to see. I would say you're right on. And I think the last three to five years has seen a tremendous amount of acceleration, especially 2020. Uh, it was the classic proverbial iceberg and the and the water situation where many companies realized and were exposed uh, in their need for for digital technologies as much of the analog uh, and live world sort of stopped um, and so you know i 've seen it as well you know going back to the Nike story. You know, that started out around the same time frame, 2010, 2012, um, where the, where the, uh, you know, the uh, CMO of Nike at the time famously stood up and put one slide up and said, digital is oxygen. Oh, right. I remember that. And, you know, for, for a, that. Yeah. Yeah. And for a, uh, and, uh, you know, a company that's based for, on performance and, and, and motivation to get people to move, oxygen had a very, it wasn't just a, that word was chosen very carefully. Right. The oxygen for an athlete is not just, you know, getting me to breathe and getting me to move. But oxygen is the thing that you measure. Your VO2 max is the is the thing you measure for performance. Right. So in essence, he was not just saying digital is life, but he was saying digital is performance. Right. And so and people grok that. They're like, okay, well, yeah, that that's interesting. The other thing that was a big shift that I'm seeing, and I, a lot of people are not doing, and companies coming around is the shift to personal premium seamless service right not necessarily marketing first yes marketing is a big part of that but 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 marketing out of the position of service um that has absolutely been amplified in, in recently a lot of companies are realizing we have to be personal right and personalization to your point around ai personalization requires us as as brands to become more contextual i tell a lot of companies Hey, content is king, but the context is queen, and the queen always rules, right? And 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 this new world of digital data has provided an unprecedented amount of context. And brands that are that are so that are contextually dumb are the brands that are losing. And so and so brands are looking to AI to help sort out this massive amount of information into actionable insights, you know, the kind of like a different way of using the word AI in my mind would be, you know, instead of saying, you know, artificial intelligence is more, these actionable insights are, are super important, right? And that allows you to become more personal, right? Yeah, very interesting. Becoming sort of premium is then, okay, I've got to break through the clutter. Yeah, there are way more people online than ever before. I think yeah. I read the stat the other day. There's about five billion smartphones Amazing. Uh, in 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 2021, right? So you got to break through that clutter, right? So that's the the premium piece. I got I'm competing with you know Jerry of the day or you know some skier wiping it out or my best friend's cat, right? So I've got to break through there. So I've got to become relevant and premium. That's where AI can also help, right? AI is now is going to help me then to sort of understand maybe it's 
AI in that instance is asset identification, like what assets are working and when are they working, right? So that's interesting. Then we go to this concept of seamless. Oh, my. How many times have we, you and I heard the word customer 360, right? Treat me the same on any channel that I'm engaging with you or more importantly, treat me on the channels that I want to engage with you on, right? So that becomes really interesting. And there in the world of AI, I would say, you know, you kind of have, I would, you know, it's it, it, that specific area is more like, how do I do like uh, the AI, there would be maybe like an uh, automated, uh, in, you know, inference. How do I infer what the customer or the, what the, the consumer wants to talk to me about? How do I, how am I able to sort of assist the interchange of information? And then finally, service, right? Service is an interesting word for a marketing person. But if you really are in the motion of learn to serve, to know, to grow, we're, you know, having, a, having a, a, a service mentality uh, allows you to really think around a value exchange, right? Like the consumers are, 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 are after authentic value. And service is a wonderful starting point to think, okay, how can I, how can my marketing serve you so that you give me information back and we grow together? That's a whole new interesting world uh, that we start to see. So it's a long answer, but that's kind of what I'm kind of what I'm seeing. And, you know, if I could summarize the Nike journey from 2012 to where we are today. That's very cool. Well, you know, this context and content mm-hmm. pairing that you've done, um, the first time you sort of landed that on me, a few months ago, I loved it because it, I think it's like they, everyone says content, 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 but yeah. content without context, um, it's, it's not helpful. And I, I've got a quick example of something that's just happened to me in the last 24 to 48 hours that I thought was interesting. And it just points out how far we still have to go. So I have, um, I went to go see a knee doctor. I've, I've had some problems with my left knee and, uh, I did an MRI on, uh, I guess on Tuesday and the MRI result, uh, came back and my doctor called me immediately and she said, oh, you need to get you on Zoom like right this second. And I'm like, that's always a good sign, right? A knee-jerk reaction. A knee-jerk reaction. That's awesome. <laughs> anyway, so, um, I, will, and then I will say, you know, a wonderful thing about the, the digitization of healthcare is that the old days would be like, you get a call, come on to the office, you know, mm-hmm. sit down. I mean, the results came in. Uh, they went into my portal. It's a, I'm a New York Presbyterian customer. Uh, so they went into the Epic My Portal. I was able to connect with my physician literally within. I was on. A, I was walking the dog, right? So I said, "Let me get back in the apartment." And ten minutes later, I'm on the. I'm on a Zoom call with her, and she's showing me the MRI. Wow, it's pretty amazing. Anyway, so I have a very large medial tear in my uh, left um, interior um, meniscus, and with a flap that's digging the crap out of my cartilage and uh and pressing my mcl out and she's like you have to get this fixed right away like when i first saw her she's like oh you're such a crybaby and uh you know just do some pt you'll be fine and then she's then she's like oh my god this is like a terrible injury and you need to get this repaired immediately wow. and i don't understand how you're like even walking right now and so it was, it was great right so so anyway, i'm like so i so i took the um i took the diagnosis uh and i just did a quick copy and then i pasted it into my Safari browser and uh, did a search on sort of, and then just some, some results came back. And uh, one of the results is from the Hospital for Special Surgery, very, very famous orthopedic hospital here in New York City. So that was kind of cool. 
because it localized my results to mm -hmm. hospitals near me, which was neat. And it also presented one of the world's top orthopedic surgeon hospitals like right at the beginning of my results. And I kind of hit their page and it was kind of complicated and I sort of moved on. Next thing you know, you know what I'm about to say, right? I log into Facebook mm -hmm. and there's an ad for guess what? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Also for special surgery. And, uh, and the good news about the ad, what I thought was kind of cool is that it actually was an ad for the joint practice at HSS. So super refined. Yeah. Pretty refined. Okay, yeah. but this is the, this is the whole issue, and this is what I'm going to want to talk about in digital transformation, changing expectations, right? So I'm like, oh, okay, that's cool. So I click on it, and I just land on their web page again. Oh no! And it's like, and it's like, find a doctor, and they've got a lot of doctors, and not millions, but um, there's like a lot of doctors, and and basically you've got to like review each doctor's profile or something, and and so I'm kind of reading them, and I found one who specializes in meniscus repair. So I have an appointment with her. So I'm, I'm kind of moving down the road on that and all that kind of stuff. But, but I was thinking to myself, God, this could be such a better experience. Imagine if I do that search and I remember the search term was the actual injury I have, right? Wouldn't it be cool if it was like this person does like 10 of these repairs a day mm -hmm. at HSS and she could see you next Wednesday at nine o'clock if you want to have an appointment. Like, why can't they get to that stage yet? And I, I think that right now, and I thought to myself, in a way, I felt like a little bit guilty because healthcare is so ridiculous. Like, and I'll give you another story in a second. And it's amazing that they're doing this at all. <laughs> you know? And and the irony is, I've made this appointment, and the um, the uh, what I have to do is I have to fax the MRI <laughs> results. What's a fax? before my appointment. So it's almost like I'm somehow going back in time as I proceed more deeply into the process. Okay. So that's a fact yeah, my MRI results. But, yeah, the, sorry, but yeah. what I realized is that my expectations uh -huh. have been formed not by the standard in healthcare, but I'm thinking as I'm doing this and as I'm thinking, oh, Dan, this isn't really what I, I'm thinking someone has done that correctly, not in healthcare, some other, maybe when I was buying like, I don't know, bananas or something, right? Someone has done that well. And now I'm now judging this other category in a very different way. So let's talk about that for a second, which is yeah, I mean, a I, lot of companies measure themselves against their direct competitors, but uh -huh. it's actually a lot more broad than that in digital transformation. I think you're being measured against the very best companies in the world. I couldn't agree with you more. Well, you know, I, I use the phrase, you know, consume, the modern consumer is coming with a backpack full of expectations and probably none of them you put in the backpack. Yeah. Right. I love that. So the love way, that. the way that. the consumer is looking for search is influenced by Google. The way the consumer is expecting share is coming from social networks. The way the consumer is expecting up to the minute feedback may be coming from the back in the day when they used to you know, get an Uber or today when they're ordering a pizza, right? You know, so uh, there's, there's, and the, the amount of information that is, that I, that I can get at my fingertips, right? There's so many things that people are just expecting. So that's, that's, a, that's the, that's what's happening, right? Um, and the other thing that's uh, observation there is that many brands have realized that they can't approach many of these modern channels like they've approached traditional channels in the sense of, Many modern channels, if you're, you know, creating one, you're, you're birthing people. In an email address, you know, hey, this is, you know, whatever company, email address generally is a lot, you know, is not a person. It often doesn't even have the person's name. 
it says support at fillintheblank.com, right? Like it's very unhuman versus when I'm on a social network on my chat, I've started a human conversation. So think about it. If you were in a bar and you met someone and halfway through the conversation, you stopped and put it and started writing on a napkin and passing the napkin to them. They would go, what the heck just happened? You know, and, 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 and that's what brands do. It's like we start, hello, my name is, and then, oh, and I'm sending you a napkin or, you know, you know, please call me at this number and walk out the bar. You're like, what, what just happened? And, and we, and we don't think of it like it that way, but that's how we're treating consumers. Wow, we're just having a great conversation here with Paul and going a little long. So we're actually going to cut this thing into two. So this ends part one, and we'll come back with part two tomorrow. For the CXM experience, I'm Brad Kahn, CXO at Sprinkler, and I'll see you next time. Mm-hmm.